Welcome to Business Acceleration Playbook. In this episode, uh, we're going to be discussing leveraging technology. And uh, technology is a big, big part of our world today, but it's going to help streamline your business operations. It's going to boost efficiency. Technology, man, it can help you automate repetitive tasks, improve communication, gain valuable insight into your business, all of that. But before we can do all of that, we really have to assess the need that's going on inside of your company. Absolutely. Because there's so much technology out there. It can actually be overwhelming. And I can tell you from experience as a new business owner, I literally had bright, shiny syndrome, like really bad when it came to technology, because all of it sounded like it was going to like solve my life, like fix my entire life. Well, that's However, marketing. I mean, it's going to do that. That's it, why they do that. It is. <laughs> it is. But I mean, I, I was an easy sell. I'd be like, oh my gosh, yes, I need to please fix my whole life. And then I would purchase that software and my life wouldn't get fixed because there's still a level of, you know, operational use and um, being able to utilize that technology appropriately to actually have it help your business instead of just sucking out of your wallet. So, you know, assessing what you need in your business is huge. And I think it, kind of the way I do that now is I think about it in terms of delegation. I think about tools as um, something that I can delegate a specific part of the process to. And that helps me kind of decide if it's something that I, you know, need, first of all, and then is it something that I can do myself? Like if I have that technology? Is it something that that's a task I am doing? Or is it something that I'm still delegating that task with that software or technology off to somebody else? Yeah. I I, I mean, I love thinking in, in terms of like components, right? And, and that's mm -hmm. great component. So it's either, uh, is there a pain point, something that really hurts? And Jim Rohn talks about the only reason, one of the main reasons why people change or actually add something is because they're at a point where it hurts and they need to change. I mean, that's that's a pain point. Um, the other one is the areas of improvement. How can you actually make it better for your operation? Um, but it comes down to this. And I think this is an absolute key. You can add every piece of technology, but if you're, you or your employees don't use it, it's absolutely worthless. I mean, it could change your life, but if you're not using it, it's worthless. I will. And think about this. Uh, how many times have you seen an ad for a software you and you signed it for the free trial and you're like, I'm going to totally use this and try it out for seven days and then I'll cancel it, you know, before they bill me. Right. And then you never try it out. And then you don't cancel it. And then you've probably paid for it for two months before you figure out, oh, wait, I'm paying for this thing that I didn't even use. So before you kind of sign up to do these things, again, you need to have it identified. Number one, what pain point is it solving? What's its task? What's its job? What's its role? And I think that's why I like to think about it like I'm delegating it to a person is because to me, it helps me avoid that bright, shiny, like, oh my gosh, this software is amazing. I'm going to sign it for the free trial. I have to already have a designated job for it before I allow myself yes. to sign up for a trial now. That's the key. That is the absolute key because here's here's the perspective, right? From their perspective, they're trying to sell some software or some piece of technology, and they are going to point out all of the pain points you didn't know existed, all of the needs that you didn't even know existed, all of the improvements that you didn't even know you existed, right? And so looking at it from your own internal business and saying, okay, I have these challenges that I need to overcome, or I have these pain points, or I need to improve this, and then go look for that software. Not the other way around. Too often, that's the shiny syndrome or the squirrel aspect comes from, is we happen to come across an advertisement, and because they're really good at it, they're able to pinpoint, 
and say, I need to be able to talk to Maria and I'm going to create a problem that she didn't know she had. And now she's got to solve it by getting our software that she didn't know she had. And then you just like, you have to make sure that you come at it from your internal perspective and assess your technology needs, not allowing the company, the software to tell you what you need or don't need. Absolutely. If you get sucked in by the advertisement, it's okay. Just write yeah, it down, in there. write it down and then later decide if it's something that, yeah, because it happens. It's, it's, yeah. it's great. Some of it is great marketing and you know, you're being marketed to, but you, but you want it so bad now and you have no idea what you're going to use it for, but you want it. Right. That's great marketing. And we can talk about that all day long. Cause there's some things that you can learn. Yeah. Type we need to classify that in the marketing part of business though. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. But so you let's know, start go ahead. I was going to say, let's start breaking it down. Like, what are the different pieces of technology that we can actually do so that way we can actually framework it? Um, because obviously, how do we then even assess our needs? If we don't know where to start, where do we start to start assessing our needs? Well, and I think that a lot of people um, end up getting um, software for automation. Automation is a big topic right now just for saving small business owners and entrepreneurs time. That is something that if you just Google automation for small businesses, you're going to get video after video or, you know, blog post after blog post on all the benefits of automation. But I do want to talk about, first of all, what does that even mean? Because automation, what, is, what does that even mean? Or what's the purpose? <laughs> And my thought goes here, we could probably split this and spend the rest of the time on here. Everything from email responses that are automated to text messaging that's automated to now we even are stepping into a whole new world, which I really, it, it's so brand new. I mean, the whole AI concept of having some AI respond to customer service needs or to respond to technical issues, that is an automation at its core. It's an automation that you're allowing an AI persona to be able to step in as your customer service or as your technical support. And this is going to, I truly believe that this is kind of one of those turning points in our society, that there's going to be a lot more of this automation stuff, not just the concept that we've been grown accustomed to, which is email automation. If somebody sends you something, you automatically get an email back or like I said, a text message on it or even your phone automation type stuff. I mean, like there's there's definitely a lot, but I think it's going to even become bigger in the next couple of years, maybe in the next couple of months of how fast this is moving. Absolutely. Well, and I think, you know, the easy way of kind of explaining this to somebody that's not familiar, maybe they've heard the word automation, but they're not really familiar, is that basically automation means that it's helping you streamline processes to um, eliminate any bottlenecks and increase efficiency in your business. So basically what's happening is it's kind of that middle person to be able to help you optimize whatever process it is. And Tim mentioned email, right? Like somebody clicks your form in your website and it sends them an automatic email with whatever you filled in. So that's a very simple automation and they're very beneficial and there's lots of you know ways that you can use that. But again, what's the need? Because just clicking and putting in a random, you know, automation, that's not going to help you reach a goal. Yeah. And and think of it this way. And again, we're oversimplifying this to get the point across when it comes to automation. I don't want to be answering the phone on all of my frequently asked questions. 
Like I, that is just one thing. I don't want to have to respond to every email when it's a frequently asked question. Um, and we all have them. I don't care what industry, I don't care what business, you all have specific ones. And most commonly, I've seen this on social media and it's kind of funny. Uh, you can put up an ad and say, apple pies, $5 and we'll ship them next day. Inevitably, you will get people in the comments saying, what kind of pie is it? How much pie, How much are the pies? When do you ship? I mean, like it says it right. Them? Yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's right. are only? you selling pies? Like, no, dude. I mean, like, like all of these peach, things. You have peach that, pie? <laughs> <laughs> that's the stuff that we want to automate because it just is there. I don't, I don't want to call people anything. I just, it's just there. And that's the part that we want to really truly automate because if not, we will be so busy doing those little meaningless tasks of trying to respond to something that takes us away from what the primary goal is or what what's really truly making us money. So that's where automation comes into play is the ability to give us time to focus on the bigger projects, the ones that are going to make us the best financial goals rather than trying to answer all the frequently asked our questions. Our needle movers. It helps us have the time to focus on our needle movers. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that is, again, we could talk for a while on just the automation aspect. I am also going to say this because this is really important. If you haven't started researching the AI, whether it's chat GPT, which is Google's or any of the others, you need to start researching them right now. That is a powerful, powerful tool that's going to allow you to be able to create virtually anything and I mean that um, there's going to be a lot of hiccups and stuff as we go through this uh, learning curve. And but don't underestimate the power of what is becoming or what is coming out from AI. Absolutely. Well, and another thing is, you know, if you're especially if you're automating or already using any type of tools, like you mentioned, Google, you need to look at the analytics. So an easy example that most people know is Google Analytics, right? Or, you know, any of your social media analytics. So thinking about, you know, your data, like what's going on with um, what you're putting out there now, your content you're putting out there now, and then also like where are things being stored? Um, you know, all of those things are kind of more types of technology that most yep. business owners utilize on a daily basis without even thinking that it's technology. Yeah, let me give you a couple of examples of the data data that you tend to manage. Um, and I'll use different markets here. So first of all, if we go into sales marketing, a lot of people have data management points and they analyze these points of how much of a percentage do you have for a close ratio? How many people are you getting in front of? How many phone calls does it take to be able to get to the yes? Uh, how many calls do you have to do per day? In other words, your action type things. That's just in sales. If you're in accounting and I'm going from the people people type individuals in sales all the way over to the introverts that typically are inside of the accounting and all of their data points are all going to be based around financials. Are you able to cover your cost? Do you have a, what, what's your gross net worth and what is your net net worth? And then what is your bottom line? And then what are your cost of goods? And like, so all of those data management points, they're going to be there in every industry and in every part of your organization. And now it's, the ability to be able to automate. A lot of accountants use Excel and they still go back to Excel because of the automation that it does to add numbers and move them from account or from chart to chart. They they like to use that. Uh, QuickBooks is another. It's a type of data management way to be able to look at your finances. And there's all of these different data, data management points. So don't just think of it as simply, and a lot of people in e-com, they simply look at 
how many clicks to websites or what's my conversion ratio, how many people hit the checkout, how many people abandon the checkout. There's a, there's Which, data. There's important things to learn from there. I do want to say that those are indicators, but that's not the full picture. Yeah, well, and, and the same thing with Google Analytics. I mean, there are people that use it specifically for how many clicks to a website can I get versus how many conversions can I get? Yeah. And there's like there's so many different things here. It's just understand. We go back to the first point. Yeah. What is your need? What do you have to accomplish? And that's going to identify the management points, the data management points and how you analyze them, because you have to go based on your needs, not on what everybody else is telling you. Well, and I think that that's a good point because maybe you are an e-com business and you figure out that there's a lot of people going to your website, but not a lot of people are buying. So that's when you can dig into your analytics to say, okay, X amount of people are clicking into my website. I have X amount of abandoned carts. You know, you can start to use these tools to figure out what is a problem and assess that, that there is a need, you know, somewhere and what that need may be. So you can use them in reverse, but you have to have an idea on why you're putting them there to begin with. There still has to be that overlying, okay, I'm putting this tool here to capture this for this specific reason, right? And um, you know, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, with everything that we use on a daily basis, even if we're not looking at the analytics, has it. But to be able to really get value out of what those numbers are and put a meaning to them, you have to know why you need to know it. Data-driven decisions. And I'll give you this example. When we were building SunFrog, we had a scenario in a situation where we were looking at our Google Analytics, and it was the strangest thing. Somebody would add a product to cart, and then that cart would go basically silent, for lack of a better word here, for about 20 minutes. And then it would come back, and we used affiliate networking, and so we actually paid people when they drove traffic. And then, so person A, affiliate A, would drive traffic to our website. Somebody would add product to cart. And then all of a sudden go silent for 20 minutes, come back after 20 minutes, and suddenly affiliate B is getting credit for the sale. What we found out was people were leaving our website to go search for a coupon based on the way our checkout was. And so we had to adjust a locked affiliate link for a, an extended time of about an hour and a half. Because that way we could give credit to the person that originally drove the traffic, not the person that came in and kind of sniped the traffic out of it. That it was a data-driven decision based off of management and analytic pinpoints throughout our system on e-com. Well, I think that kind of flows us into another type of technology, which is all types of communication and collaboration tools, because, you know, on every type of a level, whether, you know, you are a one man show that's just communicating with software that you use the people that are driving that software, whatever the case may be, you have to use some type of communication and collaboration tools. And a lot of business owners, um, I know, use them, right? We're using one right now. We're using StreamYard. <laughs> there are so many of these two. And again, this comes back to the first point we made. If you don't use it, it's worthless. So for example, just the communication tools alone, and I'm just going to top level real quick. You have Slack, you have Discord, you have Microsoft Teams, you've got Google Chat, you've got your own personal cell phones that sometimes are company issued. That's just five of the really quick ones. Then you've got Boxer, and there's a whole bunch of other ones that I could keep on going down. Those are just a few of the communication tools that would allow you to automate and make it much quicker. Now, some people love Slack. Some people love Discord. Some people love Voxer. I mean, like I've got so many different clients that use different things. Again, it comes down to assessing your needs. What is going to work for you and for your organization?
Absolutely. Well, and Zoom is commonly used. This is StreamYard, which typically obviously is used for what we're doing now, like and streaming um, a show. But I've also used this just for team meetings myself because I already have it and I'm already on there or, you know, whatever the case may be. So and I think that's a big thing when you're thinking about technology. Um, I find this is a common thing and I have done it. I will have multiple things that do the same thing. And I don't even know it because I've, I've not dug into all the capabilities of that software and I figure out way later on that oh that over there did that too why am I paying for this over here yeah same thing with uh, you're talking about zoom and snap uh, 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 Streamyard. there's also the Microsoft teams you got Microsoft yep. meetings you've got butter you've got oh my goodness there's so many of these yep. things that get lined up and there's just over uh, over and over again they have a lot of the duplicate duplicated type features you again you got to know what what works for you and for your organization Absolutely. And I think that's that I think that's the key right there is it has to be efficient for you. It has to be efficient for your team. And if you're in if you get another type of software that has one aspect that's similar, what is the purpose of this other? Again, I, always identifying it back to giving it a job. It has a job. It has a reason. Right. And that's the same thing when it comes to internal communication. And also then with external communication, which is your CRMs. Uh, that's a very commonly thrown out term. It's customer relationship management is what CRM stands for. And again, there's multiple levels of this depending on how it works with your organization. Some people are strictly a sales force, which is a CRM. Some people love HubSpot. Some people love Nimble. Some people love um, Goldmine. Some people, I've used all of them in different times depending on the organization and depending on what's going. But again, it comes down to what is your need what is your technology need for your organization? Absolutely. And a lot of those, not to throw out a free trial thing again to get you lost in a pain for it, but a lot of them will let you try it out to see if it's something that's going to work for you, work for your team. Because again, if you're not going to use it because it doesn't work the way your brain works, then you're better off not having it at all. Yeah. Well, and the other thing is I'm making a big assumption here that people know what a CRM is. Um, maybe you should, maybe we should just back up and say, here, this is exactly what a CRM does. No, absolutely. So, I mean, basically you can use it very basic level on storing your customer's um, information, their email address, their, you know, phone number and all that. I really like um, putting that, I, I do use HubSpot and I do have that automated to where it also takes all of my emails for that particular client and stores them in their account. So that way, if I'm trying to remember when was the last time that I sent them an email about this, I can go to the CRM. I could go to their name. I can go in there and figure out, oh yeah, it looks like on the 13th, you know, uh, they responded back that I needed to give them a call next Monday, you know, whatever the case may be. And you can put notes in there and all kinds of things. So basically like the name implies it's a customer relationship management system. So you choose what that means to you and your business. Some people, I do know some people that use a very, very bare minimum. It is a um, electronic Storage. phone book, yeah. <laughs> basically. And that's okay. Yeah. If that's what works for you, don't spend extra time trying to figure out how to use it extra to get your money's worth or all whatever the, the case may be. There is benefit to putting notes and stuff in there. But I actually, I don't want to throw names out there, but I've had a client who was driving himself crazy trying to use it all the ways that it could be used when that's not how his mind worked. That's not what he wanted to do. That's not even how his customer really 
you know, wanted any of that done. Most of his conversations were on the phone. So it, you know, for him, it made sense to kind of use it for just very, very basic things. But the sky's the limit. And you can do all types of automations that integrate all types of things right. in with your CRM. But again, the basic level of it is you're just wanting to use it for a personalized customer experience, whatever that personalized customer experience means to you and your customers. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And now that we're keeping all of this customer data, all of our business data, how do we keep it safe? And cybersecurity is a massive topic that they do three and four days seminars on, but we're going to just touch it here in just a couple of minutes. <laughs> Absolutely. I think there needs to be an awareness here. And I, I think this is the key is the fact of, I have had friends and organizations that have had product. I, they've had websites stolen. They've had uh, CRMs ripped away from them. They've had uh, even their Google files being ripped away. Um, and then it's being held for ransom. So for example, a friend of mine built out a $50,000 website and uh, somebody hacked the website, took control over it, and then basically held it for ransom and said, you know, you pay me 10 grand and I'll give you back the website. Well, do you pay the 10 grand or do you spend another 50,000 to be able to build that website out? I mean, like it's it's kind of one of those things that cybersecurity will have a very, very key role when it comes to CRMs, websites, all your communication, your stream yards, things like Zoom. When, when COVID hit, they had to make a very quick transition on creating more security because they had people jumping into Zoom meetings that were, I think, the llama. I think, I mean, it was kind of funny, but the llama was jumping into Zoom meetings for different things. And it was just like, they, they didn't know who it was. It was just all of a sudden, boom. So they had to increase their security to be able to make it uh, so that was a little bit more safe. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, and there's there's basic levels of cybersecurity practices that you can follow. There are lots of different softwares you can utilize. You know, there's lots of things that you can do. And I do want to throw out there, too, that I do, especially in this day and age, is super important. Like you were mentioning about the ransoming, cybersecurity insurance is a actually a very inexpensive add-on. I don't sell insurance. I'm not making money. I'm saying this, but it's a very inexpensive add-on to whatever business insurance that you have now that is worth it. Um, I have known people that have been able to tap into that and it well worth, you know, the premium on that. Um, but yeah, I mean, basically what it is, is just, you're, you're just covering your hiney, right? You're covering your hiney and just trying to, to think of all the ways that you can protect yourself. And um, there's, again, lots of different softwares out there, but I do want to kind of jump over and um, kind of mention the next thing on the list here. The and changing. Yeah. Implementing change. This one, again, I this is a topic that I'm very, very passionate about um, when you're looking at implementing any of these things for change. Um, there's a guy that I'm going to tell everybody to follow. His name is John Cotter. It's K-O-T-T-E-R. And he is known as the uh, the father of change implementation. He's worked uh, in, in connection with Harvard, uh, worked with a lot of different businesses. But he basically has presented this. And I'm going to give this to you as a way to implement any type of your change. Remember what I said at the beginning? If nobody's using it, then it's worthless, right? So how do we get everybody to use it? How do we step into this kind of a change? And I'm going to give you the eight steps that Cotter gives as far as to be able to implement change. And I'm going to go through them real quick. So you may have to rewind and write them down. Number one is you have to establish a sense of urgency. There has to be a reason why you're doing this. And it has to be a very clear sense of urgency. Number two, 
create a guiding coalition. In other words, you want to get a, a group of influencers that are in the organization to be able to implement this. Three, develop the vision and the strategy for why you're actually implementing. And this could be as simple as, hey, we need the CRM to be able to track our sales a little bit better. Number four is communication of that vision on why it has to be done. Five is empowering a broad-based action. In other words, you've got to allow people to make mistakes with it. you got to allow them to test it. you got to allow them to be able to get into it and understand what's going on. Six is generate a short-term win. So what is that short-term implementation? What's that short-term action going to look like? Seven is consolidate gains and produce more change. So you want to put it all together and you want to be able to in introduce the extra features and be able to do that. And then six is anchoring the approach in the culture. So that way you actually have something that's a part of your normal business thing. So again, that's real deep. Just want to fly over it to make it aware that there are ways to implement this properly. And it comes down to leadership. If your leadership team, the influence team is not using it or thinks it's dumb, nobody else in the company is going to use it. Absolutely. Well, and I've seen that happen more times than I can count. And I think that that is the, the biggest thing there that I think you mentioned is the why at the beginning. The why. Why do you need it? Why should they care? Why, 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 why? We talk about that. Well, it, it's a combination of the why it's needed and that sense of urgency of this has to be done now. This is not something that we can wait to do later because of this loss or because of this situation that we're trying to there has to be that urgent why not just a hey that we're doing this because it's it, yeah. it's that urgency that comes in connection with an understanding of why it's so important so it's, it's a tied in thing yeah well and i think at that point you know being able to look at you know continuously improving and adapting not only whatever you're implementing there but the entire you know, company culture as a whole, continuously improving and innovating. I think it kind of adds right in there, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, <sighs> there's just, again, there's so much in this component of it and understanding that, yes, it's a continuous improvement. Yes, it's ability to be able to adapt. But at the same time, there's also a thing where you get into bed so deep with a, a CRM that all of the data and all of the information that's in there, that's honestly why they give you the free trial. They want you to get so in bed with them that it makes it very difficult to switch to another system. Uh, so, for example, if you build your website on WordPress, it's very difficult to take your website off of WordPress and put it onto another platform. Uh, if you're building your e-com site on Shopify, it's all free and you get it all set up and you get all your products in that. And then all of a sudden you decide that you don't want to be on Shopify anymore. It's difficult to get off of that. So the continuous improvement and adaptability is you have to consider, again, the need of your organization and how do we, one, implement that change. Number two, then, is how do we constantly improve or how do we adapt if the whole system is going to fall apart? Well, absolutely. And also like taking into considerations any technological advancements that's going on and thinking about like you mentioned AI, like, yeah. you know, 10 years ago, that wasn't a discussion in any business meeting at all. And now it should be right. It should be like, is this something that we need to look at for our business? And if so, on what level, you know? And yeah. so I think that's why it's important to, you know, not have your head in the sand that, you know, you're looking at, you know, any advancements that's going on and looking at how that impacts your business positively, maybe negatively, right? Be able to anticipate, you know, all of these things and being able to understand, you know, how to adapt to whatever those changes are and to be open to ev evolving what you're currently doing now. It's almost like, especially when it comes to technology, you have to be on the edge 
that doesn't break your employee. And what I mean by that is if you were to ask, uh, I think it was Ford that said that, if you were to ask the common folk, what do you need? They're going to say, I need a faster horse. But what he did is he actually built a car. And while it wasn't faster than a horse, eventually in 80 years, I don't know if anybody recognizes this, we went from a Model T and in 80 years we put a man on the moon. That's how fast technology changed just in that short amount of time. We're, we're in the same position right now where we're at the kind of the brink of this whole technology age where things are, are changing very rapidly and we need to stay on the front end of that curve or the wave without breaking our employees. And sometimes if you're a technique, you know, a nerd and you really love it, you, you may actually implement things too soon. So you have to be careful on how and what the pace is for your employees to be able to accept that change. So there's a lot of stuff here. Um, the action plans, I mean, just make sure that you look at your own needs. What do you need? Develop that action plan to implement and then take it at a pace that they can really, really go. So Leveraging technology. I felt like I've been bubbling up because there's so much. Leveraging technology can help streamline the business operations. It can boost efficiency. It can gain a competitive edge by using the strategies and some of the tools, not all, some of the tools that we discussed in this episode. You're going to be able to identify and implement technical te technology solutions that can drive your growth in business. So Thanks again for tuning in. Hope this helped a little bit understanding and technology. And we'll see you next time on Business Acceleration Playbook. Hey, thanks for listening to the episode of Business Acceleration Playbook. For more content and free downloads, please visit businessaccelerationplaybook.com. If you've loved the episode, we hope you share it on social media and tag us and let us know. But more importantly, subscribe. That way you can see all of the future episodes that are coming up.